This is our fifth session on 1 Thessalonians 2, 5-8. And just like I spent an entire session last time on the phrase, a pretext for greed because of how deadly the love of money is in the ministry and how it brings so much slander and disrepute upon the gospel when ministers live for money, which Paul said he doesn't do. Now I'm going to do the same thing with seeking glory from people. Because frankly, I think this temptation is even more common than this one. Pursuing money, not everybody has a chance to do it. Pursuing praise from people, that's a temptation every hour, every day, as long as there's another human being nearby. Wanting to be seen in a good light, wanting to be praised, being self-oriented and longing for people to approve you and think highly of you or think at least that you're strong, even if you're a strong thief, is more common than this, I think, even though both are everywhere and powerful. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with the pretext for greed. God is witness. You know. God knows. We're not pulling any wool over your eyes. You saw how we were. And we did not seek. We weren't seeking glory, praise, esteem from people, whether from you or from others, as they watched us come to you Maybe if you rejected us, they would at least praise us. No, that's not the way we were motivated. So, Father, as we focus on this all-pervasive, history-long, every-culture temptation to live for human praise, break us free from this bondage, I pray. And especially, I ask it for pastors, church leaders, and those who in any way publicly represent Christ. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul utterly renounces glory-seeking from people. And he believes that there is a proper way to receive commendation from God. Well done, good and faithful servant, is a glorious hope from God. But as far as seeking glory and praise from men, that's deadly. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Beware of practicing your righteousness. That would be like Paul coming and preaching in Thessalonica before other people, in order to be seen by them. So you have to be seen by people if you're going to let your light shine and do good deeds, according to Matthew 5, 16. You have to be seen if you're going to preach the gospel. You have to be seen if you're going to pull somebody's donkey out of a ditch. There's no hiding good deeds and there's no hiding righteousness. but Motive is everything, right? In order to be seen. Are you preaching to be seen? 
Are you doing good deeds to be seen? For then you will have no reward from your father because you're man-centered, right? You're man-oriented. Thus, when you give to the needy, and Paul is going to talk about being a need meter there in Thessalonica. When you talk about giving to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners, that they may be praised. It's even more obvious than in order to be seen. Why be seen? That you may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. In other words, if you live on the horizontal plane, ever with a view to human reward, you'll get it. And that's all you'll get. You won't get it from your father. You'll get it from people. And that's it. And so Jesus gave a strong warning. Don't live for the praise of people. Get over that. Pay attention to me, your father. Have an audience of one. Look for my favor, not the favor of man. Why? What, what's the deep problem? Two texts from the Gospel of John are so powerful. Jesus says, I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you don't have the love of God in you. I have come in my father's name. And you do not receive me. So there's a correlation between they don't receive him because he's coming in the name of another. If another comes in his own name, not the Father's name, but his own name, you receive him. Now, why would that be? Why would they turn away from receiving one who comes in the Father's name, but they would receive someone who comes in his own name? And the reason I'm going to suggest is that if somebody comes in his own name, he's just like us. He loves glory. He doesn't call us into question. He confirms our deep selfishness. We want to be self-exalting. He comes self-exalting. Therefore, we have permission to be self-exalting if there's a Messiah like that. But if a Messiah comes living utterly for the glory of God, well, we're going to be indicted because that's not the way we are. And then he says it. How can you believe? Meaning, you can't. This is a rhetorical question that says you can't. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Seeking glory, receiving glory from one another makes faith impossible. That's deadly. That's why Paul is not going to come seeking the praise of man because it would mean he's not a believer and he can't get anybody to be a believer if he's motivated by receiving glory from men. If you love the glory of people, you will not be able to believe on a Christ who lives for the glory of God. John seven seventeen, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority, that's like seeking the glory of the Father or seeking the glory of yourself, 
The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him, the Father, is true. And in him there is no falsehood. Now this is different. Not contradictory, but this is different. Here the point was, you can't believe if you love the glory of men more than the glory that comes from God. And here the point is not you can't believe, but you can't be believable. You can't be trusted. You can't be true. So what, is, what makes Jesus true here? The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory. But the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him, in other words, if you find a human being he is, who is so free from self that he lives utterly for the glory of the one who sent him, you found somebody who's true. And Paul wanted to be as true as he could be as he walked into Thessalonica. He wanted to be believable. And you can't be believable if you're seeking your own glory. One last text, which is going to ready us for the next session and the next verse. Matthew 23. The scribes and Pharisees tie heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. Now, isn't that a remarkable juxtaposition? What's the relationship between those two things? My suggestion is, if you live to be seen by others, if you seek the glory of men, you will not be a person who cares so much about other people that you're interested in lifting burdens, not adding burdens. If you are all wrapped up in yourself so that you live to be seen by others, others are going to experience you as a burden, and you won't care. In fact, you will add to their burdens because adding to their burdens will puff you up and make you look stronger. Therefore, when Paul comes to Thessalonica, he is not seeking glory from people. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her children. This is burden lifting, not burden adding, and it flows directly from being this kind of person. That's what we talk about next time.